the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. All right, everybody. It is February 2nd, 2024. Glad you are here heading into the weekend. Lots to do topically today with your help. We're going straight to the phones here quickly at 866-660-5759. That's also the Patriot Mobile text line. So for this, as we head into this first weekend of February, it's the first time in this new month that we get to proclaim proudly, it is Friday. I feel good. 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 You want me to say I feel good? I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. You owned this album. But I'm going deep. Obvious Doobie Brothers. And of course, the real Doobie Brothers, Tom Johnson. What were once vices are now habits. Released this week, 1974. I've been a Doobies fan a long time. Great albums like Toulouse Street, Captain and Me. Had a couple of hits here. This is Pursuit on 53rd Street. The hits were Another Park, Another Sunday. Eyes of Silver. And a little thing called Black Water that was released in November of 74. That one did okay. Alrighty, 866-660-5759. Big weekend of border activity lies ahead. Uh, we'll listen in a little bit of uh, Arkansas Governor Sarah Sanders. And as you do, kind of like every time I hear Tim Scott, Tim Scott was on Hannity last night. Every time I'm seeing these folks, I, I'm sort of thinking running mate, running mate, running mate. Uh, in this Greg Abbott moment, as he uh, makes the most of that with at least 14 uh, fellow Republican governors gathering uh, with him. On Sunday in Eagle Pass there, the, the scene of the standoff. Or it, it's funny, is there really a standoff anymore? Has Governor Abbott pretty well taken the W here? Because as I mentioned to Congressman Keith Self, who's on his way down there with the the border, uh, the take back our bo- take our borders back convoy. Sorry, I don't want to mess that up. Uh, there, it, It's not like there is a... Uh, a, a, a truckload of federal agents looking to uh, to storm Shelby Park and Eagle Pass. They're 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 just not. Have they, in essence, already slinked away? Anyway, so much to talk about as we head into the weekend. Eight six 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 zero five seven five nine. We are in Dallas. Philip, welcome. How are you, sir? 
Hey, Mark, doing great on this semi-foggy little rainy day. I wanted to talk to you about something that I miss, Rush Limbaugh, and so you're the next thing out there. Thanks. And here's what I'm talking about. I believe all this stuff that's going on is a big distraction. we got the border wall, which I'm for. Right. You got Israel, which I'm for. Right. You got Biden and his son. You got the money. You got the fundraising. You got right. all this stuff going on. Right. And boy, is it taking and sucking the air of the attention that's going on. It's like the old claims, and it's distracting again the software. If they don't fix the software, oh. which my tell. I think, I, I think, no, 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 no. I think state by, I think state by state, Republican Party folks, state by state, county by county, in fact, have been trying to bust it as best they can to have to clearly to, to have a better election in 24 than we had in 20. They're, you know, the, the notion that, you know, wars and real news stories are somehow distracting from, uh, from, from our focus on election security. Talk to any, County party official, and and they are they are they are doing their best to be on it. Well, I hope they are because that's what it works. They always get about distraction, and if you don't fix the software, they'll all be well. Trump had the majority like we did last time. We, yep. I've been to those parties with you, and we stood together when Cruz was going against Trump. But if we don't fix it, they can always come out. To, you know what, gosh, guys, I'm so sorry. Just they just got through. Like all they need though is Georgia, California. Go back like to Arizona, those special little hubs, and they'll throw the election again. Yep. Will there will there be cheating? Yes. How much? Hopefully less. Than, well, well, first of all, we please, Lord, keep your fingers crossed. We won't have another COVID panic overreaction that poisons this election, leading states to bend and shelve election norms so that all kinds of votes are counted. That should not be. That won't be the case this year. Knock on wood. Uh, I think there'll be extra attentiveness uh, at the precinct and county and state level in all of these states. And the most valuable thing I can do, the most valuable thing we can all do is show up in such droves that any cheating that happens is rendered irrelevant. If it ain't close, they can't cheat. Philip, thanks. And as we take a look at all of these swing states where Trump has leads on Biden, now that is it's February. It's February. You got to have a lead in in November. There are miles to go before we get to November, but the Trump base will remain strong. The issues will remain on his side, from borders to the economy to education to any one of a number of other things that are simply just common sense things that we seem to be a, a crime for crying out loud. Who's who's which party seems to be interested in punishing people for committing crimes, whether our own citizens or illegal immigrants? We have a Democrat party that balks at the notion of throwing out already illegal immigrants, even if they beat up cops, even if they commit violent crimes, even if they drive drunk, even if they do anything. We are on the right side of all of those. And if we show up with enough passion to win a state, you know, by five points, there's there's not enough cheating that'll that'll throw that. Will there be cheating? Yes. Always has been. Always will be. It's a human system. And it went nuts when the human overreaction to COVID panic resulted in a flawed 2020 result. All eyes are on making 2024 better. And uh, we, once again, in a human system that has all human eyes on people who are interested in in reducing the amount of fraud, uh, that ain't going to be perfect. So the best solution, the best strategy is show up 
and don't be dispirited. Don't let anybody you know, go, you know, wah, 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 when the fix is in. No, because if that's the case, you got four more years of Biden or whoever. We got to show up, be strong, and uh, and just t- and take these states by the force of our political will. Um, all right, so um, I'm intrigued at, at the ascendancy of, of Governor Sarah Sanders. I've talked about her. We've talked about Tim Scott. I've talked about all kinds of, uh, of running mates uh, for Trump. Last night on Jesse Waters, uh, he asked Governor Sanders, why in the world, if indeed we have a country that seems to be in the mood to have an actual functioning border, uh, why in the world is that so hard? Because we have a president who absolutely doesn't care that millions and millions of people are coming across our border illegally. He has the power to shut the border down, to stop it. He can reinstate the remain in Mexico policy. He could actually build the wall. There are a lot of things that he could be doing. And this simply is a complete and total failure by this administration. In the state of Arkansas alone, we seized enough fentanyl in the last year to kill every single person in our entire state. That's nearly 3 million people, every man, woman, and child. Enough fentanyl just in this state alone. It is an absolute disgrace what this president is doing, and it's another great example. While in November he has to go and Donald Trump has to be put back in place so we can secure our border and get our country back. Do you think Joe Biden loves this country? If he did, he certainly wouldn't be trying to destroy it. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. All right, all right, let's navigate that one. I mean, uh, uh, do liberals love the country? Let's be fair across the board of people who just happen to vote Democrat. Uh, yes, I'm willing to stipulate that you do. You have different ideas about how to make it better. I like my ideas better. A lot of it's funny though. With and there you get the, the the age old difference between liberals, just just folks who happen to have voted for Clinton, Obama, Biden, whatever, and and the and the left, which is a difference that needs to be drawn. Um, a lot of folks, a lot a lot of Democrats, don't love the country as it is with our current constitution, our current uh, you know actually having functioning borders. The status quo of of generally not having porn on school shelves, punishing criminals. What they love is the America in the shape in which they wish to take it. You can't love a country and say that it is filled with racists. You can't love a country and leave it open to invasion. You can't love a country and want to wreck its economy on the junk science of, of climate cultism. So it's um, it's a very passive aggressive kind of love. When you get to specific folks and and leftist regimes like Biden, for them, love of country takes a back seat to love to self love and love of power and love of agenda. They they want these things so that they can have more power. Conservatism has always been about having less power in government and more power for you, the citizen. Old Dennis Prager quote, the larger the government, the smaller the citizen and vice versa. That's what conservatism has always been about. Liberalism has been about more government, less liberty, more power 
for politicians. Second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, but that's exactly what he's doing. He's allowed our economy to drop. He's allowed our border to completely collapse. Our enemies certainly don't fear us. Our allies don't respect us. Literally every single thing he does is at the destruction and demise of the people in this country. And I think it is frankly, totally disgraceful and disqualifying for him to be president of the United States if he cannot do the simple job of securing our border, either at the south or the north. So, as I've said, whenever these folks, the the folks who are on the buzz list or on TV, I don't know, Trump Sanders, woman, woman VP. See, the idea of, it's funny, I've always said this, this is perfect, the idea of a woman vice president, the idea of a black president, the idea of a woman president, that's great in and of itself, but but it depends on who it is. We have a woman vice president. It's not working. It's not not womanhood's fault. It it is not the fault of Kamala Harris's uh, sex or race. Uh, It's her. And as I've said 50,000 times now, Nothing is about sex and race anymore. For the most part, it's all about politics. It's about the views, the views you hold, the policies you bring to office. Governor Sarah Sanders, I think she belongs on on the list of uh, potential Trump running mates. I don't know if you're aware of this, Governor, because you're so busy governing, but your name's popped up a couple times as someone that Trump might be considering as VP. Would you be open to that? Like you said, I'm pretty busy governing here in Arkansas. I absolutely love my job, and I hope that I have the opportunity to do it for the next seven years. I'm going to do everything I can to help President Trump get elected, but I'm really happy back home in Arkansas right now. She's totally running. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) That is exactly, that's the perfect answer. Nobody, nobody's going to say, oh, Jesse, are you kidding me? I am yearning for that phone call. I would pack my stuff out of Little Rock in a heartbeat if Trump called and asked me to hit the campaign trail. No, that's exactly the right answer. It's precisely what you and I, I don't know, man. I think it should be pretty good. Not sure how I'm interpreting that. That <laughs> answer confused me, um, but I guess it was politically well said. Governor, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, the calculus continued. Over And it is funny that we're sitting here in February. Did anybody think we'd be sitting here in February talking about Trump's running mate because it's just that much of a foregone conclusion? Well, that's where we are. That is where we are. And we're here on the Friday show at 921. And more of you are next. 660 AM, The Answer. Wait in the water. Somebody texted me yesterday. Wait in and said, make sure you cover Eva Cassidy's birthday today. And I said, absolutely. She was a suburban Maryland kid like me. She's not a Texas native, though. Lots of folk and jazz and blues interpretations. This is Wade in the Water, Eva Cassidy. Must be the children that Moses God's gonna trouble. Would have been 59 today. Passed away back in 96. Great. Just get you some Eva Cassidy today. You'll, you will enjoy it. All right, 866-660-5759. All right, uh, I mentioned there was attention this week to car chases. We had just had multiple stories this week. Police uh, police chases, I mean. And uh, obviously you want you want cops to chase the bad guys, right? In Fort Worth, this they've had an odd thing in Fort Worth where, where reporters asked 
uh, the Fort Worth. Let me set this up. In fact, we'll hit the bottom of the hour news with Nikki. And then uh, there was a piece last night uh, by Amelia Mugavero on Channel 11 and uh, about one we had right here in our neighborhood. It started a couple of miles south of us here on Beltline and Irving and wound up with a you know, four people dying in a crash there to where where 35 hits Woodall Rogers in Dallas. And the the arguments are these. If you have bad guys on the run, you want the police to chase them. Now, that would seem like self-evident truth. But what if those chases become sufficiently hazardous that innocent people die because the fleeing suspects, you know, plow into a car full of kids or something, you know, was the chase worth it? Well, if, if that horrible tragedy happens, you retroactively say no. But does that mean that you proactively say that police chases are bad? And what they had in Fort Worth was an, an uh, because they had a big old crash on West 7th, a chase that ended in a crash on West 7th. And a reporter asked, like, what the official Fort Worth police chase policy is. And they didn't want to answer. And I, I get why. Because it, you don't you don't want your PIO for the cops, your public information officer, you don't want them out there saying, "Yeah, our uh, our policy is uh, we're not going to chase people." Great criminals love hearing that. By the same token, I don't think you can factually say we're going to chase everybody because then it's like, well, what if you know ten people die? You know, so it's it's there, there's no easy answer. So what do you, what do you want local police to do? Let me give you a story. Channel 11 story last night on that and then various other things from the uh, the day gone by, the week gone by, and your thoughts uh, in progress. 866-660-5759. Mark Davis, 930. Nikki Whaley is in the newsroom. Yeah. It is a Friday. It is the 2nd of Feb. Glad you are here. So this this rears its head every once in a while, it seems. And I don't know if it is resolvable. But it's um it's one of those situations where there is no solution. It's just a trade-off. If you get more aggressive police force strategies to chase bad guys, you might end up with some innocent people dying in crashes. If you err on the side of reducing the likelihood of innocent people dying in crashes during police chases, you're going to have more bad guys getting away. So pick one. One one way or to other, there's there's a downside. Um, so uh last night, Channel 11, Amelia Mugavero uh, took a look at this in view of we've had two big uh police chases uh that, that ended badly in DFW this week. Police releasing this dash cam video of a high speed chase between police and a driver early Thursday morning. Police say the chase all started as a traffic stop, Irving officers discovering the car was stolen, and that's when the suspects sped off. Now, okay, so let's take it step by step. Stolen car. Okay, that's bad. You'd like to get somebody's car back, you know, so, okay, so let's give pursuit. Does a stolen car rise to the level where something horrible happening is worth it? I mean, murderer on the loose, sure, you've, you've, you've got to. Stolen car? Well, if it's my car, I'd like him to find it, thank you very much. 
If not, because uh, of what wound up happening here. The officer is is uh, required to analyze many things in that whole five-second span of time that the officer has to engage in a pursuit or not. Del Carmen is a criminologist in DFW and says there are many factors that go into an officer's decision to pursue. The officer has to ask the biggest question that we ask officers, which is, is the, is the individual fleeing the scene? a threat to society. Is there? Is that person going to cause imminent death on someone? Carmen says a driver fleeing is not the only reason to chase the suspect, but maybe erratic driving or a criminal history could be greater reasons. We don't know if the officer knew that the suspect was a wanted felon or if the officer knew at the time that the individual, it was part of a larger operation. Unfortunately, those are easy questions for very difficult answers. Looking deeper at this video, the Irving police officer pursued the suspect south on I-35. The police unit was notably far behind the suspect's vehicle. I will say that time goes fast, or it seems like it goes fast in a pursuit, but it's their job to make sure that they're being safe at all times. The suspect vehicle takes the I-35 ramp onto Woodall Rogers, and that's when that vehicle fell off the ramp. He just went over. Police say all four people inside the car died. This all coming on the heels of another police chase in Fort Worth, January 27th. Two pedestrians were hurt and the suspect arrested. The Fort Worth Police Department currently fighting the state to not release their pursuit policy, where most other cities, including Irving, do release their policy to the public. And and I I get that too. I mean, I'm I'm Mr. Transparency, Mr. Hey, you got a policy? You know, public has a right to know. I'm all about that. Um, I kind of kind of understand the Fort Worth philosophy. There is like, uh, guess what? If you're a bad guy and you're running from the police, there there are two things that, that I guess the public doesn't always want to hear. No matter who, we're going to chase you until we catch you, even if it's thirty miles at hundred miles an hour. I mean, that that might not be real popular. By the same token, it's not real <laughs> effective to tell bad guys, well, all other things being equal, unless we know that you're a, uh, a knife-wielding uh, murderer, uh, we're probably not going to give chase if it's, if it's not that serious a crime. Great. Tells a whole bunch of people you can, uh, you can get away. Carmen says these incidents will likely open up more conversations on chases. I mean, it's inevitable it is going to happen. And it seems that in the past few weeks, They've been uh, bulking up, uh, especially here in the state of Texas. And the Irving Police Department has not released the names of the four suspects who died. But speaking to experts further about this, they tell me that looking at the nationwide data on police chases, even though these police pursuits do happen often, most do not result in death. (laughs) That is that is statistically true. It absolutely is that the vast majority of police chases, you know what, you know what the vast majority of police chases uh, result in the apprehension of the suspect. That's a really good thing. We need more, especially in this time where crime is of such a focus. More apprehension of more suspects is a really good thing. So the sort of the pro-police, pro-law enforcement, anti-crime way to be would seem to be to, 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 to support these, uh, these, these chases. Uh, by the same token, obviously, if every once, if every once in a while uh, you get a, a, a bad outcome, Every once in a great while, does that outweigh the um, the efficacy of uh, of of giving chase?
All right, your thoughts, 866-660-5759. I mentioned the governors who will be um, with Governor Abbott on Sunday at Eagle Pass. The Greg Abbott moment continues. And perhaps sensing that, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, fresh off his presidential run, now back running the state of Florida in Tallahassee, at the moment will not be one of them. But that doesn't mean he's not supportive of Abbott, supportive. In fact, he on Hannity last night said, look, other states are are chiming in and helping Texas now. Uh, we did it before it was cool. We've sent people continuously since 2021. As soon as Biden reversed policies, as soon as he embraced an open border, we knew this was going to be a big issue. So we've responded to calls from Texas throughout the years. Uh, and then I think with this issue with this wire and the fortifications, I just wanted to make sure if we could send additional personnel to help Texas put up as much of this wire or barricades as possible to be able to drive those numbers to zero. Well, I'm going to step up and do it. I think they're doing the absolute right thing by standing their ground. They have every right to defend the sovereignty of their state. And yes, we've seen massive numbers of people flooding New York City. We've seen crime, drugs, all that stuff is very significant, but it's also a fundamental issue. A country has borders. If you don't have a border, you are not a country. And Biden has failed at his duty as commander in chief uh, to make sure our laws are faithfully executed. So we have every right as states to band together and do the job that the federal government refuses to do. And that view, as expressed by Republican, conservative Republican Ron DeSantis, is a view widely held by people who are not conservative and may not even be Republican and don't even live in Florida. This this is why crime, borders, education, the economy, these are winners for the Republican Party right now. See any, I don't see any reason for that to change in 2024. Uh, and that, that, no overconfidence, no, no, no boastfulness for me. We gotta, we gotta play hard, play smart, have the right slate of candidates, and uh, and 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 communicate with skill. That's what what this year is all about. You know, look, we see this a lot of, with states during natural times of natural disaster. If you have the hurricane in Florida, you know, how many electric companies from around the country will descend on Florida to help you get your power up and running as quickly as possible? Uh, and they'll stage outside of wherever that hurricane's landing, and they'll be there to help. I really believe that this Friday deadline that Joe Biden had put out there I'm not sure he might not—I'm not sure he wouldn't have acted had it not been for people like you and every other Republican governor coming out, speaking out, supporting Governor Abbott, and standing in solidarity with him, because at that point, there was strength in numbers, and and you were one of the first out of the box to do it. Now, that's an interesting premise from Sean, that if there had not been uh, this kind of popular support, this kind of gubernatorial support across the Republican landscape of governors— would Biden have moved on the Texas National Guard at Eagle Pass? I still don't think so, because how exactly would that have gone? Uh, I, I think that, that that Biden's a paper tiger. His administration is a bunch of frat boys who don't know what they're doing. Uh, they, I was going to say they, they talk tough but do little. Witness the last few days since the attack that killed three of our servicemen in Jordan. Haven't seen anything there. Listen, they may do something today. Great. Hope they pleasantly surprise me. Um, but the notion that Biden would have moved, would have sent like customs, armed customs and border patrol to, to storm Shelby Park and Eagle Pass and cut that razor wire. 
I don't think they got it in them. I, I don't for a minute think they got it in them. Uh, I think that played a big role. Well, not only that, I mean, you have a situation where just imagine the political optics, Sean, to have the federal government forcibly removing barriers and then letting people flood in illegally. I mean, it's absolutely insane. You know, we've had people on the ground now for a number of years, and uh, I was able to talk about some of the stories that our personnel have reported. There was an illegal alien that took a one-year-old baby and threw the baby into the Rio Grande to try to lure a boat to come so that he could jump on the boat and get across the border. There was a woman with him, threw a four-year-old in. So the boat had to come and rescue these people, didn't let him come across the border, of course. But the fact that you see stuff like this, his policy is not only bad for America, it's a humanitarian disaster. I think one of the interesting moments when you debated Gavin Newsom here on this show is when we were talking about the issue of sanctuary states, illegal immigration, and when you had gotten people to sign permission slips before you sent them to Martha's Vineyard, where, by the way, they were thrown off that island in less than 24 hours, even though our team investigated and there were rooms for every one of them, but they went voluntarily, uh, and, and he thought that maybe you should be investigated for kidnapping. This, this, this is it's all they've got, because they can't argue on the merits of the issue, because they, 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 in the Democrat circles, they have to have an abiding notion that generally speaking, people uh, people want borders, some degree of borders that uh, that function. You know what else we want? We want a defense department that functions with a defense secretary with better judgment than we have in Lloyd Austin. First of all, very important, all prayers for him, his good health, his recovery from all the the, the prostate cancer stuff that he's went through and the the surgery that was why he uh, uh, why he was out for those 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 many strange days. Uh, so. Secretary Austin uh, had some things to say about that uh, over the last couple of days. Fox's Jennifer Griffin. I take full responsibility. I apologize to my teammates and to the American people. Defense Secretary Austin walked gingerly up to the podium, still rehabilitating his leg, a post-op complication from prostate surgery. I want to be crystal clear. We did not handle this right, and I did not handle this right. I should have told the president about my cancer diagnosis. I should have also told my team and the American public. He apologized for missing an opportunity to be a role model for the one in six black men diagnosed with prostate cancer, who often are too embarrassed to get screened. The news shook me, and I know that it shakes so many others, especially in the black community. Now, let's pause. It was a very popular pile on yesterday to go, he's playing the race card with prostate cancer. Don't want people get prostate cancer. And I, and I, that, I that, that, that occurred to me too for a minute. And then I got to thinking because there is a disproportionate prostate cancer rate in the black community. Uh, colonoscopies are not fun. And might, mightn't there have been some value in one of the more noteworthy African-American folks in the country being a little more forthcoming about being vigilant about prostate cancer. I think that's what that was about. So uh, this is a terrible administration, and, and and that was a terrible bit of judgment on that, but I'm going uh, to approach that with some grace. It was a gut punch. And frankly, my first instinct was to keep it private. 
The questioning soon turned to the looming U.S. response to Iran and its proxies killing three Americans. The Pentagon briefed Congress of its plans in a classified session Wednesday. There's been a lot of telegraphing about targeting and responding to the drone strike, so much so that the Iranian proxy leaders have left the country. Some are back in in Tehran. Is the point not to kill any Iranian commanders? I would just tell you that, uh, you know, it, we will have a, a multi-tiered response. Uh, what does that mean? And, uh, and again, we have the ability to, uh, uh, to respond uh, a, number, in a, a number of times. Yeah. Uh, well, how about doing something? This weekend would be good. And, and I know, and it's funny, that reporters have to ask questions. Every time a reporter asks, oh, what might we do? It's like, don't answer that. You don't want to tell them what we're going to do. By the same token, it seems that a lot of the points being made by the administration is, well, we don't want to start a war. Well, no, of course you don't want to start a war. But if you say that 500 times, it suggests we're not really going to do anything. So anyway, well, we've done a bunch this week. Uh, Let me share a couple of things on the way out next. So I had the old library on shuffle the other day, and it took me some Bruce Hornsby and his second album, Scenes from the South Side, from uh, 1998. Valley Road is on there. Jacob's Ladder. But this one seemed like a good show ender and weekender. The show goes on. Not this one, particularly, because <laughs> we're about done. But Mike Gallagher does. So Bruce Hornsby and the Range will take us out. So a couple of things as we hit the door. Go to 660amtheanswer.com. Do two things for me. Number one, hit that food for the poor. Give life link. 80 bucks. You feed two kids in Guatemala, Haiti, Latin America, the Caribbean. Two kids for a year for 80 bucks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 660amtheanswer.com. While you're there, click on that picture of me and Dr. Gorka. We'll see you for Cigar Night, slinging hot topics at Cigars International in uh, North Fort Worth. Grab your tickets to that, 660amtheanswer.com. For producer Ron DeKay, Moreland, technical wizard skills from uh, Mr. Matt. And thank you, Nikki Whaley, for news excellence. God bless our country, our troops, our families. Have a fantastic weekend. Be good. See you Monday. Mark Davis, 660 AM. answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.